for a reason. You are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You hey everybody, are here right for a reason. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined by Jesse. Hello, hello. And good day to you, Jesse. We are going to give you some really great intel today, but it's maybe not the type of intel that you are expecting. We do want to get back to that, but it just seems the world is going crazy right now. And we want to be obedient to the one who sends us. Who is that one, Jesse? The Lord Jesus Christ, Jeff. That's right. Even though I have no title, I have no descriptors in front of my name other than podcaster, I do feel that uh, we have a responsibility to clean up some of the messes out there because there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and there's a lot of people in this, what they call the patriot movement, what they call the truther movement. It has been infiltrated to the extreme. At this point, <laughs> and, yeah. and we're going to help you to alleviate confusions about things, and you're going to know exactly where we stand. Amen. So, Jesse, the, the first thing I would like to do, because this was really on my heart this morning, I'm going to read a single verse from the Bible. And, you know, some verses you could take out of context. You can kind of make people believe what you want them to believe from it. But I think this is one of those standalone verses from the Bible. It certainly is. Yeah, this is definitely a standalone one. So it comes from the book of Revelation, which we're doing Revelation Sundays again. That was so much fun on Sunday, (laughs) Jesse. That was All right, so this is from the very last chapter, and it's uh, Revelation uh, chapter 22, verse 18. I testify to everyone that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add him the plagues that are written in this book. So, now, we're, we're not going to do a Bible study on this today because we're going to cover that when it gets there. But it just, you know, we covered the plagues already, Jesse, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the in the first chapters of, uh, well, you know, starting, in, I think, Revelation 6 and stuff like that. And 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 it's pretty nasty. Yeah. It, you know, you've got the 10 plagues are the most famous, the ones that hit Egypt, but you know, there's more, there's the woes, the trials, the tribulations, and the wrath of God is not something to mess with. No, no, actually, you know what? I probably should have put in the next verse. Um, actually, you know what? I still have it up here. Let me, uh, yeah. let me read the next verse to you, which is verse 19. 
And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life, from the holy city, which are written in this book. So, you know, I guess in concert, those two things together, because there's a lot of people saying that, oh, no, 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 God couldn't keep a book together. Yes, sure, he created the heavens and the earth and all the galaxies and that, but a book, Jesse. Amen, he did. And I think that's really, you know, the <laughs> debate right now is for the validity of scripture and, you know, defining what is scripture. And we have a group coming forward that, you know, is bringing forward all these extra books that were not originally in our canon, um, you know, as it was decided in, you know, a couple hundred years ago. But, um, you know, so they're debating saying that we've taken away and that these should be part of the original scripture. And I think it's important to remember, you know, why did the Nicene Creed and the individuals who were part of this committee, why did they decide on the 66 books that we now call our scripture? And it's because every single one of those books uh, contain the prophecies about the Messiah. And, you know, they all have typologies or, you know, depth of, of the word of God that speaks to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The books that, you know, are not part of that, they're not part for that valid reason, that there's things in them that don't line up with these other 66 that all work in conjunction with each other to support, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both past, present, and in the future. And and so one of the, the, the reason why I wanted to read those two scriptures, Jesse, is, and I, I'm just going to, you know, do a quick decode of it, you might say. Um, so, you know, from our study in Revelation, so it says, first of all, if anyone adds to these books, the plagues of this book will be added to them. Okay. So that doesn't seem like a salvation issue. That could be, Hey mate, maybe this uh, book of Enoch should have been in there, or maybe, you know, any of these other meticulous scribes that are going to be coming out, uh, you know, and, and it's fair to question it. And some of them are written by, you know, biblical characters, right? So there's going to be some yeah. truths in them. So that wasn't a salvation issue, but one who takes away from the scriptures will experience the wrath of God. Now, from our study, uh, it's clearly shown that, you know, uh, in the end days, uh, believers are going to experience some of the plagues. We're going to be there, but maybe we'll have his hand of protection over us quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the believers, God's kids, are not there for the wrath. So you take away, and I don't know. Uh, and I'm just going to ask a question because it, it's not really in the Bible, but to say that, uh, you know, Jesus was married, I would say that takes away from him, his ministerial ministry, uh, you know, uh, and do it. So is that taking away words? I think so. Adding I look, I'm not the judge. Away, I think, yeah, I think it's adding and taking away. Yeah. So that's, that's plagues and wrath. Woe unto you. Uh, look, these aren't my words. I'm just a podcaster. Yeah. 
I got, you know, these aren't my words, people. You know, it's important to bring out because, you know, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of uh, people struggling, insecure with the word. And we really need to be grounded firm in it. And, you know, we need to be leaning on the Lord even more in prayer, seeking his face, saying, okay, Lord, show me the truth in this matter. And, um, you know, we're not the only generation to have to wrestle with scripture and, and what is the truth of scripture. And what does the Bible tell us? You know, that truth is, is the belt that girds our entire armor on. If we don't have that truth firmly girded about us, then the enemy is able to strip us of all of our armor. And, you know, if we're not standing firm in that word, then we have no sword, no offensive weapon towards the enemy. And the enemy is going to cream us in this war. So, you know, it's vital that we start with the truth and we are firmly planted in that. And we don't allow any man or any wisdom of men to sway us from that truth of God. Um, So, you know, this is the fight of all centuries, I think, you know, I mean, I ran into it when I was in seminary, where literally they labeled me a biblical literalist. And that was not a good thing. I was sitting there like, I was like, how is this not a good thing? Like, I believe what the Bible says. And I, I got a lot of kickback and a lot of mockery and a lot of slandering because of that, because I took the word literally. And, um, you know, but then it was like, well, how come nobody else believes that? Like, you know, I believe that, you know, scripture tells us the solution to everything. You know, when people were tired and low energy, I was like, well, you know, what does scripture tell us? Wait upon the Lord and you shall renew your strength. That's taking the scripture literally. And, you know, the kickback I would get from that. And I'm like, why don't others believe this? Why are they mocking that? And, you know, the truth was that they weren't grounded in that word. They didn't understand it. They really had no relationship with with the Lord and they didn't allow the Lord to reveal things to them. And so the, the important part about this is again, you know, listen, it's fine to dig into some of these other things. It's fine to look at information, but unless you really know the, the authentic one, you're never going to spot a fake. And, you know, just because someone says it on the internet doesn't mean it's real. So even what we're saying, okay. But I tell you that I have a relationship with the Lord. Jesse has a relationship with the Lord. We know that he is real. We know that his word is supernatural. I know when I read it, it washes me. I feel it. It's supernatural. There was actually a point in my time that I was backslidden and I couldn't read it because I felt it was just going to expose me so much. I didn't want to face God. And reading his word is facing God. His word is yeah. alive. So I'm telling you that is the truth. And, you know, you pour into it. God did not forget to put things in there. He put all right. the nastiness of human nature in that book. And he used the most, you know, some of the worst people in the world 
to be the best people in the world and to be most effective for his kingdom. Yeah. So that's how I feel like I belong. <laughs> I you have know, comments, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut right yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things you said, I think was really profound. And I think we almost need to start there, Jesse, that, uh, that the enemy uh, is very clever and he's trying to disarm the body because why we have authority. And right. one of the ways he's doing that right now, and we were talking right before we went on air, is with the name of Jesus. Can you please expand on that? Yeah, there's, um, a, we'll just say a movement out there that, you know, that's going off of some historical occultic things. Um, you know, we know that a lot of the different uh, offshoot religions of the Illuminati system, you know, we could say like Santeria, some of the voodoo, hoodoo stuff, um, you know, they do have a demonic spirit that is called Jesus that they call on. Um, so this movement that's going through is they have saying, a demonic spirit named Jesus. Yeah. Okay. okay you got it. You have to expand on that. We can't, I can't just pass by that one. Well, it's, it's in a way like that they, you know, will will call on this spirit, but it's not the real Jesus. It's not the son of God. So it's the um, small G God. Right. It's a small, you know, demonic spirit that's, that's hijacking a name. Um, usually because it's with the Latin Mexican in those cultures, it's, they don't, say Jesus, they would say Jesus. Um, so there is a difference in the pronunciation a little bit, but in our English translation, it would be Jesus. Right. So this movement is pointing out these things, but then, you know, they're encouraging people to go back to using the Hebrew name for Jesus, which would be Yeshua. Um, there's nothing wrong in using the Hebrew name Yeshua, it's interchangeable. But what's happening with this movement is that they're making people afraid to use the name of Jesus. And when we look at scripture, you know, what did the disciples have? What, what was present when Jesus was there? You know, um, they had the Aramaic version of the Torah uh, the Gospels had not been written yet, and those disciples, after the death and resurrection, began to write uh, what we have now as our New Testament. Um, you know, the earliest book we have that the disciples or, you know, the Gospel writers wrote um, dates 27 years from when the original would have been written. Like, that's the earliest copy we have. So, that gives room for eyewitnesses to come forward and, and say, no, this isn't accurate or this isn't true. Um, but, you know, with that gospel in the Greek language, it, you know, the name is Jesus. And um, so, you know, what, it, what does scripture tell us about that? You know, it, there's several verses that, you know, I think this is the enemies trying to strip us of the authority that we've been given as the sons of God in using this name. 
we're told several things about the name of Jesus. One, you know, that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, you know, even the angels proclaimed to Mary, you know, in Luke uh, chapter two, you shall call the child Jesus for he has come to save his people. Yes. And so even the angels use the name Jesus um, in talking to Mary about him. Um, you know, the, the other thing is that, you know, scripture tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And not just, you know, a small L Lord. What is revelations tell us it tells us that written on his thighs when he comes riding on that white horse we're all going to see it written on his thighs is king of kings and lord of lords he is the ultimate lord and so we need to be careful not to allow the enemy to take these names from us you know we are able to call on him there's so many names that he goes by um you know, and we're able to call on those names and they all have meaning. Um, because they he were knows given, your heart too, right? Right, you know. he knows our hearts, yeah. And so we want to be very careful of that. Um, the other thing is that, you know, in making it just a name or a human name, like we have to remember where did that name stem from? You know, it, it literally came from the angels that God sent um, in sending messages to Mary, um, you know, so the Lord gave him that name for her, Jesus. And why did he give that name? Because that's the name that he's put power and authority in. And so, you know, we're to rebuke demons in that name. We're to cast them out in that name. We're to pray in that name. Why? Because it's the name that the Lord has given the power and the authority in. Yes. Um, it's not saying Yeshua, if you pray in, you know, Yeshua HaMashiach, that that's going to be any less powerful. It's not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is we have to stand our ground. We have to not allow the enemy to take something away from us. Um, how many people in the darkness have testified you know, we're talking, there's been people out of Iraq, people out of Iran, um, people who were Muslim, that when they were experiencing demonic attacks and they called out to the name of Jesus, that the Lord appeared and delivered them out of those attacks and situations. Um, you know, even the apostle Paul, he had that experience where he said, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. The Lord revealed himself to him as Jesus of Nazareth. So, you know, the enemy, why does he want to take that away from us? Because he knows that if, if we're not, you know, if we're fearful, that's at the core of this, is that people are afraid. They're afraid. And that if, if you they have say, doubt, which is the original lie from the garden, if you have doubt, if you have right. doubt when you pray, you're not praying in faith and you're not going to get results. And you're not playing, praying in belief. And you're right. Without that belief and that faith, our prayers are not going to avail much because, you know, 
what makes us righteous? It says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And it's that cleansing of, you know, being being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, dying, being resurrected with him into new life and having that covering of his name, you know, that we are no longer ours, but literally we are the bride of Christ. As a bride, you don't have your own name any longer. You have somebody else's name. And that, you know, as a bride, we're to honor that name, we're to, uh, you know, live in such a way that there's a good reputation associated with that name. And that's what the enemy wants to strip of us, because if we're not living and walking in that name, then he knows that legally in the heavenlies, you know, when we're fighting these battles against him, we have no authority, no power, because in our own names, you know, there isn't that power. Um, you know, so it, it really is a spiritual legal fight and the enemy wants to deceive and lie. And he's and the ultimate people. lawyer. <laughs> like, you right. know, that's, and, that's the way I describe him. And don't take it from me. You know, I mean, look up every scripture that talks about the name of Jesus and the name of God. And do the study for yourself. Don't let anybody tell you what you should do or shouldn't do. Um, do the research yourself and ask the questions like what happens? You know, can, can I pray in a name other than the name of Jesus and have effective prayer? Can I pray um, or can I cast out demons in another name? And uh you know, really look into that. So now the other thing, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, so they're trying to take us away from the name and to make us mm -hmm. ineffective. But now they're also coming out saying that, uh, you know, and this isn't brand new and we're going to get to the root of it in a second, but I just want to address these, these symptoms and then we'll get to the root, Jesse. Um, they're saying that Jesus was married and there's this Jesus strand you know, his lineage and stuff like that. By the way, if he was married and, you know, had kids, then he isn't who he said he was. So it makes Jesus a liar, first of all. Okay. So where is this coming from? Well, the pit of hell is where it's coming from, but we'll, we'll go down, <laughs> we'll go down a couple notches, but just talk about that for a second. And this, uh, this Jesus was married and all of this and what the effects are. Yeah. Well, first I want to say, you know, again, research for yourselves. Um, I came out a couple uh, weeks ago talking about, you know, that there are two places where documentation about the life of Mary Magdalene has been. And one has been the Jesuit Catholic Church. The other is the Orthodox Church. So you are able to get into the Orthodox Church archives and you can read um, documents about the life of Mary. Um, not a single one of those documents, um, you know, they don't confirm that she was married. Um, you know, there was no secret love affair between her and Jesus. Um, when the Lord... Yeah. 
yeah, when the Lord delivered her out of that life of prostitution, um, you know, she devoted her life to serving um, alongside of the disciples and to preaching the gospel. Um, what did she preach? You know, the death and resurrection. She was the first eyewitness to yes. the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I point out this simple scripture, you know, think about that. If, you know, anybody who's lost a loved one, who's, who's been in love or who has an intimate relationship with an individual, if you watch them die a horrific death and then you see that they're not dead, that they're alive and they're healed, your first response is not going to be my teacher. Her response literally was, you know, Rabboni. Why does she call him teacher? Because that was the most endearing term to her. That is how she saw him. That was their relationship. You know, that she, you know, in those days when a rabbi took students or people under them, you know, it was very specific. It was very selective. You, you, you can have rabbis explain this process to you. You know, you might, a student might be able to go and ask to come under somebody's teachings and training, but most of the time you were sought out and it was a very honored position. If a teacher said, come, you know, come after me, follow me. Um, it was looked at as a very honored thing. Women in those days were not allowed into those positions. So that tells you something more about Mary Magdalene, that when she was cleansed from all of her sin and prostitution, the Lord allowed her into this special position where she literally was considered one of the guys able to study and learn under him. And she knew the value of that position. She knew that that was not offered to just anybody. So it's important to, you know, these are facts. This is in the scripture. This is in other books. Um, you know, the documents the Orthodox Church has, you can look these things up. Um, so we have to use the logic in this. Um, you know, Growing up in the system, I grew up with the Brotherhood Illuminati theology or teachings. Um, and they do take things directly. So much of their stuff is directly from scripture. And everything that they do has a scriptural cover or a back to it because they want you to live in that deception and that deceit. And you can't tell do, a lie without having some truth in it. Right. And so, you know, look at who are the people, you know, who are known for, we'll say the scribe work. The scribe work goes all the way back even before the 1400s. You learn about these Jesuit meticulous scribes going all the way back. How far does this Brotherhood Illuminati religion go? It goes all the way back to Canaan. That was yeah. the land that God literally called Abraham out of, pulled him out of there because of the wickedness. So, you know, this religion goes all the way back to Abraham's days. And the Lord calls him out, sets him apart, 
And, you know, from there, literally, he becomes the living embodiment of the fulfillment of God's word, that God was going to send a savior to deliver us from this evil, this wickedness, and all this deception. You know, where did it come from? The truth is, you know, even Enoch talks about it. Where did this hidden or forbidden knowledge come from? It came from the fallen angels. Um, you know, the book of Enoch is probably the most explicit. That That's the value that I find in the book of Enoch is that it talks about the fallen angels and the knowledge that they gave to men. And it even specifically states which fallen angels gave which knowledge to men. Um, so it was a consorted effort. It's not, um, you know, it's not like you just got one or two rogue angels, these angels that were cast out of heaven purposely um, chose to give knowledge that was not true. It's, you know, like their father, Satan, it's little bits of poison mixed with a big batch of honey. And it, it sounds good. It sounds great. It logically makes sense sometimes, scientifically, mathematically, sometimes it makes sense. But you have to remember, no matter how much you want that batch of honey to be good, it's no longer good because it's poisoned. So it's it's important to state here, we, we're we not against reading these books. Again, uh, reading the right. book of Enoch will give you additional information, but it is not the Bible. It is not this, the word of God that God right. canonized. Uh, now, I'm going to disagree with Jesse just a little bit on something you said, Jesse, because if they gave hidden knowledge for like a a flying saucer. I totally want a flying saucer. <laughs> if, if that's the honey, no, come on. It, that would be fun. Just a little bit, Jeff. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to be bribed out of my salvation with a flying saucer. Okay. I'm not going to give up <laughs> anything, but you know, you, you want to know how to fly the machines. It talks about in Ezekiel with all the whirling wheels and lights. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, I, I would new. probably sell my motorcycle to buy a flying saucer. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, they weren't happy with static electricity levitation. So, you know, they had to create their own little machines to get around. They wanted to look cool. Uh, you know, ultimate bikers and car fans <laughs> at heart. <laughs> But, but listen, I'm joking, but this is going to be the greatest deception. I think this is really the, uh, well, for lack of a better term, the trump card at the uh, at the end days when the AC shows himself. And uh, and by the way, I'm not saying that it's Trump. That's not right. my words. <laughs> in fact, I, I think it's important. Fact, you know, you know. Just because there is this theory that's going out there and yeah. someone has said it, I'll just give you my thoughts on it. And I don't know who is, who isn't. But this is going to be a man that comes up beyond reproach, uh, a man who's been married several times and, you know, has been disdained in the media for so many years is not going to rise up and become the Antichrist. OK, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me uh, through right. looking through how the rising of the Antichrist comes up in the Bible, which we're going to be doing next week, actually, Jesse. Hey, yeah. So, you know, but I think it's important for 
you know, everybody to understand that, you know, we're on the verge of this great apostasy coming out. And, you know, this apostasy started all the way back before the 1400s. You had these meticulous scribes, you know, that were not just copying what we call scripture, the Vatican and all these other, um, you know, they were older, creating older churches. Yeah, they created these books, um, some of them, uh, or, you know, continued to keep copies of them. Even, and it's all aimed at the great deception. It's Every all bit aimed of it. at the great deception so that Centuries in the last days this. they could bring them out as look at these ancient copies that the church has been withholding. Now think about that, you know, who, who are the Jesuits? What, you know, really is behind them? Are they godly Christian men? And I know I'm going to step on some big toes here, but I'm just asking people to really think about it. Um, you know, I am going to propose that the majority of Jesuits um, come out of the line of Templars and Masons. Yeah. Um, you know, what's really behind that? It's the unspoken of religion of the great white brotherhood. Um, you know, and their books goes, confirm this. Their books confirm it. You can read it in an initiates of the flame. They interchangeably use the terms Templars, um, brothers, you know, so. Even in can, Pike's books about the Masonic orders, like, you know, this even comes into modern time and they're saying it. So it's not yeah. just some ancient woo-woo. This is carried on. It, it's been carried on. And, and so, you know, we know that, you know, if these are behind it, you know, then you look further as we start to get into these teachings that we're discussing now about, you know, the, the belief about Mary Magdalene and stuff, you know, what do these individuals call themselves behind the scenes, not in public, you know, they've got their public names that, that they allow the public to know them by, which would be Jesuits or Templars. Uh, masons, things like that. But behind the scenes, what do they call themselves? They call themselves keepers of the chalice, the highest level, the most honored positions. They're keepers of the chalice. Is that the chalice that Jesus drank out of for communion um, before he, you know, at the last supper before he was crucified? No. What is a keeper of the chalice? It means, you know, they look at the chalice as the womb. And so all these years, the hidden secret that they, you know, have kept is, you know, that apostasy teaching that Jesus was married, had a child with Mary Magdalene, and that that child is the seed of Christ. And you got to remember that teaching goes all the way back. You know, why was there debate with Jesus between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Why did Israel not accept him as their Messiah? And, and this is important. They did not accept Jesus Christ, even though he fulfilled every single messianic prophecy in the Torah. They did not accept him, or we'll say the Torah and the book of the prophets. They did not accept him as the Messiah. Yet they are willing to accept 
his seed. Why? Because they've been looking for a physical king who would step up and take control, be their king, and overcome the other nations. And this was not God's plan. Um, So this is the synagogue of Satan. But I must say, it's really sad, you see. (laughs) It is a Sadducee situation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who were the number um, one enemies of Jesus in in uh, in, in the t- in his time walking on earth here? It was the religious yeah. people. It wasn't it wasn't the uh, you know people gambling or or people selling their bodies like Mary. It wasn't that they weren't the enemy. They were people who needed a doctor, and so the healer showed up. It was the religious order of the day that has carried on. And I'm telling you, it goes, everything goes back to Nimrod. <laughs> like right. you, you want to see the first incarnation of the AC, in my opinion, uh, that's the way I interpret the scriptures, Nimrod, you know, right. Yeah, and, exactly. and we've seen these characters all throughout the days and they're all detailed. Yep. It, it continues, but yeah, it's, it's important to, you know, be firmly grounded and, you know, how do we overcome that confusion? Um, you know, the confusion, the questioning, the uncertainties, the insecurity. Um, you know, when I think about that, I those feelings, like I always go back to a passage in First Kings chapter 18, where the prophet Elijah is standing against 850 prophets of Baal, as well as King Ahab and Jezebel. And, you know, he says in that passage that what is going to happen that day, he says, this is, you know, Israelites who were wavering in their faith, their faith wavered. And he said, today you will know who's God, you know? And so he stood there before those prophets of Baal and they, you know, what did they do? They cut themselves. They cried out for hours and hours, bled and all a, over the place. I, and I love this story because I, I could just picture Elijah sitting on the side, punking these guys. Hey, maybe your God's asleep. Hit yourself harder. You know, <laughs> and he's just laughing at these guys and punking them. Right. You know, and right. so great. maybe he's inconvenienced. Maybe that's why he's not <laughs> answering. Um, you know, and then what does he do? Like when he goes to build his altar, yeah, pour you know, water it's on, put water, put more water, you know, so it's impossible. The Israelites, by the time he got done building his altar, they're like, yeah, there's no way that's not going to work, you know? And it was very strategically done so that they would know and remember who was God. And this is what it comes down to for us in our relationship is that we need to be grounded in knowing who God is. And we need to not be afraid to seek the Lord when we have questions or, or when we're doubting, when we're um, afraid or confused, Um, you know, who is our counselor back in those days, you know, Abraham didn't have other people to turn to, to say, you know, I had 
God show up at my campsite and I cooked him a dinner. I sat there and I ate with him. It was kind of an odd experience, you know, like, I don't know if my wife, Sarah saw it. So I'm pretty sure it physically happened, but you know, I mean, he didn't have people to debate these things with. He just had his relationship with God. He knew God appeared. He, he was so you know, confident in that revelation that he prepared a meal and sat down and ate with God. Yeah. You know, and, and this is what we need to not be afraid of. We need to know that we have a God who's going to respond to us, that we don't need to beg and plead and, you know, like the prophets of Baal, cut ourselves and mutilate ourselves, uh, you know, fast or, or withhold from food until we have no strength. This is not what we have to do. We simply have to ask, you know, Lord, I don't know what's the truth here. Will you show me in your word what is the truth? And trust that he's going to show you. So you said something very key there. And it's funny that this is kind of the conversations turn this way, Jesse, because uh, it was last week we had a, a you know one of these voice chats on telegram that i randomly do at on everyone by the way i don't record them because i want people to feel free to speak and not feel like they're being recorded and it's going to be shared i purposely do them unannounced so they can be a little bit more intimate and actually so people can get to know each other but you know uh, one of the people who came out there and uh, she she just said listen i'm i'm not sure i've ever heard the voice of God. And, you know, I don't know when I pray and, and things like that. And so, you know, we, we had a great group discussion and a couple things came out that I thought are worthy of adding to what Jesse just said. Uh, the first one is know that God hears every one of your prayers. Uh, I'll, I'll take it further than that. He hears every one of your thoughts. Okay. The other thing is, he answers every one of your prayers. Yep. It's not always in the time you want, and it's not always the way you want. Right. But if you can just fathom those couple things that were, are just said as suggestions, then your faith will increase when you pray or when you speak to God. Because you have to believe Listen, he's either God or he's not. If he's God, he hears every single thought you do. He's counted every single hair on your head. He knows how many grains of sand are on earth. Okay? He's 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 very capable. Um, so you, if you have the faith to know that he hears your prayer and know also by his words that he is a loving father and he actually wants the best for you. And sometimes the things you're praying aren't the best for you because right. sometimes you need to learn a lesson. Sometimes you need to go through things. It's called character building. And, you know, one of the things I'll add to that, because listen, it's never pleasant going through some stuff, right? Problems are opportunity for power, biblically. Yeah. As you solve problems in your life and you move through them, particularly in a righteous way, your power goes up. And what I mean by that is you're, well, you're, you're more of a trusted son or daughter. 
right? Mm -hmm. God will grant you greater things to do as you start to uh, show through your actions and start and loyalty and, and belief and your faith and connecting. That's the most important thing. And, and yeah. if you're not there, pray for the gift of faith. Pray for the gift of faith. It is a gift. Mm -hmm. Pray for the gift of faith when you're reading your Bible. Pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal the Bible to you. Pray that the Holy Spirit will, uh, you give permission to the Holy Spirit to do the Father's will in your life. But these are all very, very powerful things to ask for, and you will see results. Not Jeff's words, not Jesse's words. These are the promises of God. Yeah. And I love you know, um, I think it's in, it's either first Corinthians or second Corinthians, but chapter two and it's verses five through eight. And Paul just really shares his heart in that passage. And he says, you know, to the Corinthians, he says, I came to you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. And I think, you know, in these matters, how many times are those our feelings? You know, we feel like we're weak, we're fearful and, and we're trembling and we, you know, feel insecure. Yet he says to them, he says, my words were not persuasive, but I came to you with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm. So it's in those times when we're fearful, when we're weak, when we're trembling, that we have the full access to the power of God. And what does God want of us in that more moment to display his power? You know, to ask him to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers and to cast out the demons. You know, this is at our full disposal. So, you know, in those moments when you're feeling that way, you know, ask the Lord to show you a demonstration of his power. Yeah. So let's, let's just step back and review the things that we've said to paint kind of a, a, a firm picture going forward. And by the way, uh, because this thing is blowing up uh, so big, we're going to keep doing shows on this, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, listen, uh, but we are going to do a couple fun shows in between. I promise. It's really on my heart to do a fun show and, and but, yeah, we'll talk off air. Um, <laughs> I got something cooking. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but listen, so this stuff that's coming out right now is from the pit of hell. Right? Uh, Jesus yeah. was not married. God can keep a book together. Okay? Start there. Start there. And honestly... All these other shows that are saying different, if you believe in God, be very, very careful. I want to reiterate the verses that I read from Revelation 22. Add, add on to these words and you will suffer the plagues. Take away from the words of the validity of the Bible. Even worse, you get the wrath and your name is removed from the book of life. Not Jeff's words, not Jesse's words. 
that's God speaking. So if there's anyone that, you know, does a YouTube show or things like that, that are going down this path, I'm not coming against you, brother or sister. Neither is Jesse. We don't want these things for you. We're letting you know what the word of God says. Well, at the heart of it, it's striking the sovereign lordship of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's the one thing I am not going to allow anybody to take away from me. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And, you know, I believe in his full sovereign lordship. You've met him. I have. Yes. So have I. (laughs) He's real, folks. Uh, And by the way, there's hundreds of millions of people, if not a billion people around the world that have too. Yeah. Uh, if, If you're saved, you felt the supernatural power of God. You noticed things starting to change in your life. Uh, In my life, listen, as soon as I got saved, he started dismantling what I thought was a really great life (laughs) at the time. But obviously it wasn't. It was it was going the wrong way. It was but and he started dismantling it. And he's done this to me a number of times. (laughs) You know, he's still not through. And 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 that's a miracle of God. When you're wondering when you got saved, why certain friends stopped contacting you, that's God moving. Thank him for that (laughs) and pray for that person. Right. Amen. Amen. So, you know, we were going to go down a couple other rabbit holes, but I think we kind of just covered. Save it for next time. I think we covered some things off and, uh, and by the way, what, why would you want to do announcements on Halloween day about this stuff. That's just a weird day for me to someone do a show. Uh, uh, am I mumbling? Was that on mic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Jeff, but and I think it's important to reiterate, you know, we're not coming against people. No. I, I'm, I'm an individual. I believe in presenting, you know, hearing out what is being presented. You know, you have to know, what others are bringing to the table. And so there's value in hearing the research, uh, knowing what's being said. But what I'm encouraging is that we really have to dive into scripture. We have to stand firm in what we know to be true. And from that, you know, we walk out our faith and we don't allow the enemy to destroy our faith with things that our falsehoods are not true. Amen. And and by the way, the other thing that you should do is to hit that like button. We, we've actually, the last couple of shows, we're starting to get the algorithms actually working for us. I don't know what's happened <laughs> there, but it's highly unusual because usually the, the tool shows they're working against us, but uh, something is happening. So hit that like button. It's super, super important. And and just, just one uh, last thing, just a little bit of business, uh, if you don't mind. Um, you know, about um, three weeks ago, I had asked people to uh, to send an email to writeonjeff at gmail.com and write in the subject uh, liberty if you wanted to help us. And and then I've, you know, been announcing this, uh, my Liberty Stand thing and people. But so, and so I need more people to actually come in to serve our audience. 
Uh, it's more like a, a job of a concierge, you might say. Uh, we do need more people because tons of people and and we're working these people to the bone. And honestly, we only want people to, you know, be able to do part-time, uh, you know, if you have a few hours a week or, you know, five or 10 hours a week that you could maybe come into this, uh, there there is a way for you to get compensated, uh, you know, but we need some some more people to uh, to serve with our team to help serve the audience. So if you know how to work a computer uh, with basic skills, if you have a smartphone uh, and you have a little bit of time, uh, there's full training and stuff like that, send an email to writeonjeff at gmail.com and put in the subject liberty. Okay. And, uh, and we're going to try to fast track you if, uh, if you can come in, we've got a whole bunch of people there. We've got a great team. They're up and running, but, uh, there's was quite a response. <laughs> Let me just say it was quite a response and Jesse and I could use your help. Uh, if that description fit you final thoughts, Jesse. Um, again, uh, you know, I just keep thinking of, of scripture and, you know, the, the song, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Okay. But Jesse, when you just say it like that, it doesn't really get stuck in someone's head. You got to sing it for us. Well, Jeff, you're going to put me on the spot. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we could all sing together. So sing with me now. Um, the I, I don't want to really have a lyric. You're ruining my song, Jeff. Now you got to sing it with me. No, no. Cool, cool, cool. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Bible. Amen. <laughs> all the kids would shout. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, thanks for joining Jesse and I here on Right On Radio. We really do care for you. Uh, we we really do pray for each and every one of you. We do uh, consistently. We thank you for your love, for your support uh, as well. And uh, join us on Telegram. We're actually having some a lot of fun. We've got uh, the main Telegram channel. We've got a chat channel. We've got a digs channel. And we have some great moderators there that'll help you steer uh, your navigate your way through it. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. please join us there as well. Uh, and Jesse's on Twitter. I'm banned. <laughs> but how do they find you on Twitter again, Jesse? Um, at my last name, Saboter, C-Z-E-B-O-T-A-R, Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E. And so Jesse puts out a lot of very interesting tweets. And by the way, for the rest of you who are uh, banned from Twitter, like I am, then you can, uh, on Telegram, we actually have a page, a channel set up just for Jesse's tweets. And so all of her tweets get pasted in there. So you can actually follow Jesse, even if you're not on Twitter as well. So listen, thank you for being here. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.